0: So my next interview is with Andrea Hummel, and it was a fascinating conversation about psychodrama, something that I... Probably don't think I knew very much about. I think if somebody had brought it up or had mentioned it to me in conversation, you know, sort of idle conversation over dinner, I would say, oh, yeah, no, I think I know what that is and then would hope they would unpack it for me as as our conversation continued. Well, Andrea is with us today from Improv for Peace. That's improvforpeace.com. You can check them out. And, and um, Andrea is using... Uh, a technique a theatrical technique that a very creative and, and and artful technique to go a little deeper to understand trauma to understand mental health issues to to work through things and and and, and to to I think really in a way to find common ground we talk about cultural diversity and political rec- Correctness. We get into what, what, what do you do with the ugly? We talk about creating uh, safe spaces and and having difficult conversations. We talk about something called the empty chair technique. We talk uh, about policy over practice and about why cleaning out in the the junk in our psyches is so important and why it's really essential to get to to those belief systems that are sort of lurking there behind everything we say and do. We talk about empathy and understanding and mirroring and 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 listening and why we. should should take notes. Listen, listening is important, but taking notes takes it to to the next level. We talk. Um, oh yeah, we 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 we, we touch briefly on why being a hermit might be a bad idea. So so don't touch that dial coming right up, Andrea Hummel uh, talking about um, psychodrama and, and her organization, Improv for Peace. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing, my speaking, you can purchase a copy of Real Change is incremental there. And also if you'd like to get behind face to face, face to face that's the podcast. That's what we're doing here, having these casual conversations with, you know, hopefully uh, you know, creating some impact and and, and dropping the pebbles in the pond. You can support us uh, through Patreon on a monthly basis. We'd certainly appreciate that. And if you can't do that, and I totally get it and understand if you can't, leaving us a review uh, on iTunes or Spotify would be wonderful. Sign up for the newsletter, share it with your friends, and let's grow uh, this um, this podcast. And we've got a pretty good reach, uh, great reach, actually. So if you'd like to advertise with us, you can do that on the website. Um, we've got banner ads and so on. You can also uh, yeah, advertise in our newsletter. And of course, shout outs uh, throughout podcasts as well. well so reach out and and you can connect with me through the website to find out more about that and don't forget to rabble.ca where I'm also hosted and and thrilled to be a part of and uh, that's the news for the rest of us we've got podcasters and writers and 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 other uh, thinkers and journalists who are going a little deeper and peeling back those layers to to find out what's going on just below the surface coming right up though uh, next is Andrea Hummel uh, improv for peace and psychodrama well, welcome to face to face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. Andrea Hummel is here to talk about uh, a piece and policy and improvisation and uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, this this podcast, this interview. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So, so I don't know, where do we begin? I mean, there's, there's, you know, we've been having sort of the the, what 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 my listeners aren't privy to is that that conversation before we hit the record button. So I already have some places we could go. But why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about, I guess, who you are and, and this thing called improv for peace. And I think that would be a great sort of uh, place to just provide a little bit of context and history. And then we can kind of dive in from there.
2: Right so a lot of times people say well, well why did you want to get into this type of work and i guess that's what you call my origin story <laughs> right um, and <laughs> so i grew up by cultural um not latino but actually german american um in the 60s during a time when people still weren't talking much about what the heck is a german and um, but at the same time i was being called a nazi in school mm. and um just a lot of strange things going on. And so in an effort to try to understand that and understand who I was and how it all fit into the bigger picture, um, I became an anthropologist, a cultural anthropologist. And so I started out um, talking about cultural diversity, teaching cultural diversity, doing workshops, um, and then realized very quickly that Um, it just wasn't getting deep enough because right right about that time is when political correctness um, became popular and so the objections I had to PC was that, in my opinion, it was just a way of uh, glossing over the differences that we have and so my approach is kind of the opposite, to dive right in and to figure out what those differences are, bring them to the surface really talk about them um, and so I became interested in what do we do with that piece that's conflictual, the piece that's ugly, the differences, all those things that people are afraid of. Um, and rather than just try to talk about them and or not talk about them, as the case may be, I wanted to actually do something with those differences. And so I started getting into improvisations and actually something called psychodrama. Um, And a lot of times people are afraid of the term psychodrama because it just, it has these negative overtones.
3: Well, it seems,
0: it's almost, you know, you sort of of conjured up a horror movie-like notion as soon as 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 you said it, and I'm kind of familiar with it, but that's sort of where I went, you know what I mean? Right out of the gate.
2: Yep. Yep, which is why I don't uh, call what I do psychodrama. I I call it improvisations. Um, But basically what that is is recreating those difficult conversations that we would like to have with people of a different background and then being able to just work through those conversations um, and come up with a different ending than we would if we were out in the so-called real world trying to have those conversations because when you can have those conversations in a safe space, in, a, in an imagined space a lot of times, with facilitators, those conversations turn out very differently. Mm. And um, so it actually changes. The science has proven that that acting out scenarios and acting out conversations actually will rewire your brain in a more positive way. And so the more we do that, the more we try to have those conversations with different, more healing endings, the more we're able to come up with positive solutions to what we before thought were untenable situations.
0: So, 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 Andrea, does, does improv then give me the ability as, you know, I'm partaking in, say, some some form of group improv for peace? I'm not sure what you would call it. I'd love to hear about that, too. So it gives me almost a license, in a sense, to not not be cruel or to be unkind to someone or to an organization, but to maybe speak more truth or to be more authentic, which hopefully then will lead to me, you know, being more authentic and more truthful on a day-to-day basis. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yeah, that's a good place to start. And and I like what you're saying about not being cruel necessarily, but just being honest. Right. Um, So I do have to explain that piece a little more, again, for people who aren't quite clear on what psychodrama or sociodrama is. Psychodrama is more on the individual level. Sociodrama, because it's society looks at the larger societal picture, Mm -hmm. it's really pretty much the same thing. Um, So what you do is is you create a, in a group situation, you create um, a conversation, you create a scenario that the group agrees on. For example, um, I want to work out uh, the fact that I have something against gays. And so then that becomes something that the group agrees on. Yeah, yeah, that's a topic that we can work on. But instead of then it becoming a scenario, a a miniature theater piece, a drama piece about how I feel about this particular group, it becomes more a story about how I feel about people who are different from me. Mm. So we take away the individual details of that one person's story, and the story then becomes, that dynamic becomes more universal theme.
0: So it's and less, it's, Indian, yeah. It's less. It's less threatening, isn't it? Probably to the the yeah. person who's actually presenting it, but also to the other person or organization that's hearing that 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 that, that dialogue or that
2: message. Exactly, because it's less threatening. Yeah, and um, interestingly, then everyone finds or tends to find an overlay to bits and pieces of that story that they can connect with. Mm. And because of those smaller overlays, they kind of jump in and and play pieces of that. Um, It's similar. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of the empty chair technique, um, where you set up a chair and you visualize that someone with whom you would like to have a conversation with, for example, your father who's passed away 20 years before, so you can obviously no longer talk to him. Um, You're able to have a conversation with that person in an imagined space. So um, psychodrama or Improv for Peace uses those similar pieces. And again, the empty chair is just one piece of the, the tools that we use.
0: So, so let's just get uber practical here for a second. Who, who uh, Tell us where we can find out more about it. And, and by no means are we near the end of the conversation, but you've got a website. Am I as a, a company coming to you and hiring you to come in and to, to facilitate one of these with a group of five, 10 or 15 people in my team? Or could this be a whole organization? Or is it really more about that one on one kind of therapeutic value?
2: Well, a lot of people do psychodrama one-on-one, um, and it's, it's a big piece of therapy at the, at the moment. But really, it was originally created in the 1900s for groups, again, for organizations. So, yeah, it would be a company calling me or an organization. I work a lot also with organizations who have um, communication problems within their teams. Hmm. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be a large traumatic issue. It's just how do we communicate better as a, as a team? Um, and what I also do, and this is actually what I'm most excited about, is doing this kind of work on the community level. So I was working a few years back with, well, actually, it's only been a year and a half, um, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, as most people know, that they had the, the white supremacist um, March back in August 2017, Mm -hmm. and uh, it led to riots, and the whole city was
1: uh,
2: very uncomfortable after that, felt traumatized. And so I and a group of people came in and um, did a six-month project on helping the community recover from that. Um, So, for example, what happened in El Paso, I would say that in a few months' time, they may be ready for that kind of community healing also. It's not something that that you go in right away, um, but you have to give people a little bit of time for their emotions to settle to be able to process them again.
0: So is this about, would you say, learning? um, I mean, you're not going to be in a day-to-day situation and, uh, you know, say, having an argument with... Well maybe you are and I'm smiling when I say this. But you're having an argument with someone you're having a conversation or how, am I going to st- I'm not going to step into a, a moment of improv but the idea is that the work that I've done with improv for by the way it's improvforpeace.com, is it not?
2: It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah good. good.
0: So so is it that I've learned tools? I've I've I, I don't know. I've gained another level of humility. Uh, I've gained another level of self confidence that says, no, no, I can actually speak truth into this situation. I can have this difficult conversation now because I did the work with improv. I I get it. Um, this is about opening my mind and hopefully there there's am I, am, I, am I onto something here?
2: Yes. So in a sense, it's it's like cleaning out the gunk. out of our psyches (laughs) right because um and again i i do have to reference what's going on here in the u.s especially because we've had a a few traumatic incidents just the last week and so that's fresh on everybody's mind especially for me being here in in washington dc um and i just lost my train of thought Oh, Um, just,
0: yeah. um, I was, I think we were, we were, I I mean, we were really talking about theory over practice in a way. So the idea of, well, you know, what are the lessons that I would take from, you know, working with my team that I could actually apply you know, in everyday life and in a conversation and, and, you know, cause I'm not going to just break into improv, I don't think. Right. Well, <laughs> or, or, right. or, or the acting techniques or whatever it is that you guys teach, but, but it's about the tools. It seems to me, or they are providing a level of self-confidence or, 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 um, you know, giving me the tools I need to be less threatening or something like that.
2: So after going through a workshop, uh, with improv for peace, uh, like I started to say, it it cleans out the the extra stress. The the, the junk.
0: I think the junk. I think the you said.
2: junk. Yeah, um, because we get so full on a daily basis from all the negativity around us um, that we take it in and we decide that that's that just um, cements who we are and cements our belief systems. But if we really get behind what those belief systems are about. Um, then we can let go of those belief systems. For example, it's, it's just taking again the scenario brought up before of a group saying, let's work on how we feel about people of a different um, sexual orientation. Well, I may find out after going through a workshop that it really has nothing to do with someone with a different sexual orientation, it has to do with me feeling ostracized when i was younger. Mm. And so once i can hear that part of me that feels ostracized and is looking unconsciously at the world around me for other opportunities where i could feel that same way or trying to guard against feeling that same way then i'm no longer triggered by those types of situations.
0: So this is this, and the is, other about, piece, this is about this is about empathy.
2: Yes. Yes, it's empathy and understanding yourself better so that you can communicate better with others. Because I always believe if you know yourself, you're going to be more open to understanding others. And the other thing that you get from going to a workshop is is tools, not just this one tool around um, the improv part. And again, I use improv just to show that the scenarios that we put on um, don't have a scripted ending or a scripted uh, right. way to proceed, but they, they are improvised and they happen the way they need to organically. Um, so the other thing is also learning skills such as specific techniques for empathy. One of them is called doubling, um, and that's very similar to what most people think of as mirroring someone, mirroring someone's body language, mirroring their emotions Um, Just so you can develop that level of empathy and connection, because once we're able to connect with someone else, we're more able to really feel what they're feeling and we can get out of our own way. So again, this this is all about connecting and about being willing to see the other person's point of view so that we don't have a need to take a gun and go shoot someone.
0: I, loved, I love that notion of, of, of getting out of your own way. I think that's not only is it a, a, one of my favorite new U2 songs, which is always relevant and, and meaningful, but but I think it's really practical. I think, you know, what I heard earlier in the conversation, and I think what I'm hearing about all the work that you do, is this idea of similarity through difference. And, I mean, isn't that empathy? Isn't that what, you know... Having difficult conversations is about and about listening to others, and and yet it seems like culturally in this 21st century we're going kind of the other way. We're 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 focusing on the difference and not the similarity. Is that fair?
2: Absolutely. And I sometimes wonder if it's it's the effect of the pendulum swinging back the other way, not only in our country but across the world, because we've seen. Um, the heads of state of various countries over the last few years recently becoming more conservative, and especially in the U.S., we have someone who has a very, in my opinion, rather xenophobic outlook. Mm -hmm. And so it, it gives permission to a lot of other people in society who in the past have felt it was not appropriate to voice those opinions to go ahead and voice them now. Right, right. And if they don't feel heard, they will just speak even louder and louder, including, again, through violence, because they just want to be heard. Um, and so when Trump was elected a few years back, I, I obviously I my first reaction was, oh, no, what are we going to do now? Um, but then I chose to look at it as a different way, as an opportunity, mm. actually, for our mm-hmm. country to... Have those kinds of conversations that we haven't in the past because we've been afraid to or it's not appropriate or or it's not politically correct um so I'm really hoping that this will bring more conversations to the surface on a conversational level again through words rather than through weapons
0: yeah and and com- and, um, and, and, um, and clearly conversation that 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 ultimately leads you know to change.
2: Right, right, because I do think um, we have so many different points of view in each country, and you see that also with um, with ethnic groups who in the past have been pushed together to try to form one country. I'm thinking specifically of Yugoslavia, and now we see the opposite, which is a lot of countries and a lot of ethnic groups dividing and coming apart again into their smaller constituent parts. And I think it's people looking for their singular voice rather than wanting to be lumped together. They want to be able to have their own voice and we need to find a way to, again, do that in a, in a peaceful manner.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Cause clearly, I mean, and again, in order, I mean, in a way to get out of your own way, you kind of have to know what your way is. I mean, that sounds maybe sort of trite and clever, but it's sort of true, right? I mean, you 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 need to have that. Uh, what it was it Physi- physician heal thyself, right? It's 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 about self awareness, and and I think that's what the why the work you're doing is so important. About, I mean, one of the things I've learned in, in doing international development and traveling is is just this idea of empathy and, and listening, and how critical and how how important it really is. Listening, um, and maybe taking notes, if that makes sense.
2: Right. Right, because taking notes actually gets you fully engaged mm. with what you're hearing. Um, and I, I'm i a little concerned about the proliferation of technology, social media, and forgive me for saying this, because obviously we're going to post this on social media. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, we might even put some money against it. So yeah, yeah. We don't want yeah. you, though, just to like the interview. We want you to listen to it and then maybe forward it to a friend. There, There you go. That's the kind of social mediation we'd like to see.
2: Right, right. But because we're Instagramming and Twittering and texting and all this, um, there isn't quite that emotional involvement in that little note that you get popping up on your screen. And so I think we're beginning to, um, my generation as well as, you know, my daughter's generation and all those, the ones after that, are beginning to... Separate from the ability to have that empathy, because all we see is information popping up on our little screen. And yet if we were to either follow up on what you were saying, if we were to see that text or that Facebook quote pop up and then take notes on it, um, we get more engaged. And so what I'm circling around back to is, I do think we're losing as a, as a world, we're losing the ability to really connect with others and connect with what people are saying to us because we don't have those face-to-face conversations as much
0: you um you're in the land of policy making and 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 yet you seem to be incredibly you know proactive not reactive you're in the middle of it you're working with people you're face-to-face very practical can you can you talk a little bit about that and 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 that maybe that conscious choice that you've made um to 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 not focus on that higher level conversation does that make sense
2: yeah well it, i chose to pursue my master's degree in washington dc um and then move back here specifically because i wanted to be close to the hub of where things were happening and where uh, decisions were being made uh, but paradoxically, I didn't want to get involved in the policy work myself. My I, 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 I hat's off to people who are able to do that. Um, but somehow that's just not something I can do. I, I connect better with people one-on-one. Is it, is, it, so is, it too, I,
0: is it too slow? Is that part of it? Is it too incremental? Is
2: You know what? That's a good reason. Um, <laughs> I haven't it's thought a, of it.
0: It's, well, it's got to be so frustrating. I mean, I've certainly worked with... People at a government level, and and yeah, and the, the the one meeting, well, great, that leads to another meeting, and then more invites, and now we've got three months, and then there's a delay, and you know, oh, and everybody's breaking, so now we're going to meet back in the fall, and and honestly, it's really it's such a cliche, but but there's a lot of truth in it too.
2: Yeah, well, and I also think you know policy has to be it has to be implemented for. A large group of people right. but on the other hand once you get a large group of people their needs may not all be the same and so you know if we th- thinking of the department of education for example um, so there can be some policies handed down that may work very well in florida but in california or texas those same policies just don't make mm-hmm. sense and so i think that's been kind of my frustration also and you know I'm realizing as I say this I probably should tread carefully but let me just say again that I really appreciate people who can do that
0: right of course um, yeah it has I, to be done you need people who enjoy it and who who want to be there absolutely I'm
2: with you yeah so um, so I'm, I'm more of the ilk of you know if you you have to make change on the grassroots level inch by inch drop by drop Um, And so, of course, at this point, I have to quote a fellow anthropologist, Margaret Mead, who said, never doubt that a committed group of individuals can make a difference because that's the only ones who do.
3: Right.
2: And so that's why I really think if we create pockets of change, pockets of positivity throughout the country, throughout the world, um, that's what's going to make a change also. So we have the changes at the bottom, at the grassroots level, as well as from the top, the policy level. And and hopefully, when we come together, um, everyone will benefit from from changes being made at both ends.
0: I love that the work that you do seems to me to be deeply relational. I mean, it 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 without relationships or broken, I guess without without broken relationships, I guess you don't sort of have a job, right, as a as an improvisational artist, and 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 can I call you a psychotherapist? Is that fair?
2: Um, I don't have a license as a psychotherapist, so no. You can call me a psychodramatist.
0: <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> and the difference um, is that is you. Decision. And the difference is that you have like an eight by ten. That that right? Like you. And 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 a psychotherapist doesn't. That's that's a little entertainment joke there. That clearly was probably lost on every one of my listeners. But anyway, I tried. <laughs>
2: right right yeah no and i mean again i have to really say that psychotherapists are an amazing group of people um because they are willing to to listen to people's very difficult situations day after day and that's just not something i could do so but which doesn't make sense but the difference is when i listen to people's problems so to speak it's really not because i'm trying to help them but I am just trying to guide them in the direction so they can help themselves and figure it out for themselves. So that kind of gets me off the hook because I'm just facilitating the processes of people's own growth, and I think that's that's the big difference there.
0: Tell me, so, so, um, and, yeah, no, go ahead.
2: Oh no, go
0: ahead. So I was going to ask you about about sort of, hmm, tone and scope, I guess, because I've spent a fair bit of time in, in Cambodia over the years working in development. I've, I've spent time in Rwanda. I mean, you, you can have some pretty, I mean, we're talking about some pretty tr- traumatic um, places with, with really difficult and horrific histories and so deep, deep trauma, deep, uh, um, you know, emotional baggage and so on. And 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 then you could have on the other end of that spectrum, oh, I don't know, let's say um bullying problems at a local high school and 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 they're both severe and they're both significant and they're both important does this kind of improvisational work like can, it, can does it does it does it does it like is it is it across that spectrum is it is it left to right can you go from something sort of simpler and 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 one-on-one to you know kind of more global and 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 deeply traumatic I I I'm having trouble finding the words because I'm not a psychotherapist, probably. But do, do you know what I'm asking?
2: Right, yeah, right. I get what you're saying. Good. So you're asking whether this is only for run-of-the-mill type of yeah,
0: trauma versus... Right. I, I, I purposely chose not to use run-of-the-mill, but yeah, that's I guess that's oh. what I mean. But, you know, something... Oh, I don't know, something that you might more go to human resources for, you know? No, no, this is... the, right. you, the you know, you could... or or Or... Maybe, maybe this goes, and I think you sort of hinted to it earlier on about, you know, talking about some of the shootings in the U S over a period of time, some of those communities might be ready, you know, to do this kind of work.
2: Right. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, if you hire improv for peace to do psychodramas, then all your societal problems will be solved. No, it's a lot more complex. Yeah. All your, all your
0: marital problems and economic problems will, will go by the wayside. Yes.
2: There you go, yeah. Um, No, I mean, obviously, again, that gets back to to, we need to work at a problem from various angles. Mm. But to answer the question that I think you were asking, can this kind of approach work for the trauma that people in Rwanda experience? And the answer is yes. Mm. Um, So, again, it has to do with going through smaller parts of the trauma in a safe environment, right? Sometimes multiple times, um, in order to process it and come up with a different ending. Um, so let me give you an example from a book by Peter Levine, who wrote um, *Waking, Waking the Sleeping Type*. No, we'll have to insert the appropriate title there.
3: <laughs>
0: Peter Levine, <laughs> at least we've got, and it's got the word "waking" in yes. it, so we're good. Okay.
2: And tiger also. Um, So he tells the story of a young boy in Africa that he was treating who had, um, he had been chased by a tiger and um, was traumatized by the fact that he was wounded by the tiger. And he kept reliving that incident over and over again. Um, And so what Dr. Levine did is he led the boy through that scenario in his mind but invited him to come up with a different solution, different ending, such as, and then when the tiger came running after me, I climbed up a tree and I escaped. Mm. Now, obviously, that's not exactly how it happened to the little boy because he did experience the trauma, but it gave his brain a chance to heal. And so that's the same kind of thing we're talking about, very severely traumatic situations. Um, And I think, again, some of what's happening in Africa is a really good example of that. Um, It also helps to experience or go through these types of um, healing processes with other people who've had the same experience. Um, My parents, as I alluded, are German, and so they grew up during World War II. They were five years old when the war started. Um, And my mother just recently wrote a book about the horrific experiences Hmm. Um, of people living through that. And so I asked her, well, do you, weren't there therapists around? Right. <laughs> and she just laughed at me and said, uh, no, that's not the way it works when you're in a traumatic situation like a war. There weren't therapists running around the way we have in this country now after, um, after the Columbine shootings and, and those types of incidents. No, you just have to figure out how to deal with it. But in the process of being able to, as an adult, talk to others who had been through the same situation, also grown up during World War II Europe, not even just Germany, but just through the experience itself, that was healing. So then referencing back to what you mentioned about the trauma in Rwanda, I think these types of healing experiences need to happen with other Rwandans. And Mm. we can't just take someone From that culture, plop him down in the U.S. or Canada and say, okay, now talk about your experiences because that empathy is missing. Unfortunately, someone in the U.S. is not going to be able to understand, comprehend the level, the intensity of trauma that that person experienced.
0: What i love uh what you're talking about to me is 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 how how important context is and and how essential community is as well in the in the healing process in this in in the in in building our e q and 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 in realizing our potential to empathize you know with and for others i mean you've got to be rooted in it seems to me in a community of one kind or another
2: yes absolutely and i mean that's that's part of the human experience I do really believe that that's what makes us fully human is to be able to um, connect with others and to have those learning experiences of life experiences. I had a good friend years ago, 20, 30 years ago, who decided he wanted to be a hermit. Um, and I said, you know, you're not really going to be experiencing life. You're missing out on mm. the highs and lows of life because you're not going to be connected to people. Right. And he just wanted to skip the the traumatic, the, the hard, the sad part but as human beings, we just have to go through that. And I'm aware as I'm saying that, that it's easy for me to say that because I live in a first world country. Right. Um, But if you live in a third world country, it's, you don't even have the luxury to think that way. Um,
0: Sadly, because of my age, it reminds me of a Simon and Garfunkel song. Uh, I am, I am a rock, right? I mean, I'm, I, I don't mm-hmm. need. I've got my books and my poetry to protect me, right? I, I don't. I don't need to be around people. I've been hurt before, therefore dot dot dot. So, who who would have thought that we would have uh, got on to why being a hermit may be a bad idea in this podcast in this interview, um, Andrea? I, I'm wondering. Uh, so to, let's just get really practical here for a second. I'm the kind of guy uh, for all my you know, ability to, to, to host podcasts and to get on stage and speak and so on. I'm not crazy about, I don't know, I guess, uh, I'm not crazy about charades at a party. You know, I'm not a, I, I'm probably not a great candidate for improv. What do you do with me? How do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you motivate me in one of those improvisational settings to, to get me out of my chair and, and yeah. Anyway, I think you probably got enough there for the question, but but uh, I'll do it, but probably may, maybe not willingly. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? How do how, how do you deal with people like me?
2: Well, I have to tell you a secret. You're talking to an introvert, so I totally understand what you're See, saying. See, now that's that's
0: fascinating to me, right? That that you're 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 managing this type of work, you're doing this kind of work, you're creating these kinds of conversations, and then you know, yet you call yourself an introvert. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, so let me try to figure out a way to say this sh- in a short version rather than give you the you know, half hour sure. lecture here.
0: Because, um, you know, cho- large sums of chocolate or cash probably would work well.
2: There you go. Okay. That's, that's my kind of person. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, the chocolate part. That's <laughs> the chocolate right. Part. <laughs> um, you know, obviously if you come to a group, any kind of group experience, you're hopefully there by choice. Mm. Now, occasionally I do work with organizations where the employees are told you have to be there, so they're right, not there exactly. by choice. It yeah. just makes things a little, yeah. Um, so we take that into consideration, but the thing is that no one has to get involved past their level of comfort. There's also a lot of different roles that people can play. So let me describe... Um, improv piece processes a little differently by comparing them to, to a piece of theater, something that you go to the theater to see. Um, there's main characters, there's supporting characters, and there's the audience. Mm. Now, the audience, just by sitting there, people would think they're not doing anything, they're not working very hard. Actually, they are part of it, too. They're having their emotional reaction. They're perhaps laughing or clapping or making booing noises. Um, but without that audience, the players on stage really can't be doing anything. They're not, they're not effective because they're playing for an audience. Right. So in a sense, an improv for a piece process is the same way that you don't necessarily have to be on stage acting out a scenario. However, if you're sitting on the sidelines watching things, you can either choose to be separate from that emotionally or you can choose to kind of watch curiously and say, hmm, I wonder, does this remind me of something similar in my life? Not that specific scenario, but the feelings that come up. And so then it's the feelings that you want to work with. And at some point you may choose, for example, you could see something going on on stage and you could say, I really don't like that. That's this just makes no sense. I don't know why nobody's protecting this guy up here. He's just being beaten up. Mm. Where is the protector? Well, just by saying that, even if you say that internally, you've already gotten involved. So that's then where you can invite yourself where you you are invited by one of the facilitators. go up and play that protector to become someone who does change and improvise the drama that's happening up on stage by your presence by what you bring to it and by doing that you become involved not because i'm trying to trick you to get involved but because you chose to and hopefully that creates a healing experience for you also so, no chocolate involved
0: <laughs> no chocolate involved come on that's um no it's really wonderful i mean it's it i love how how uh, a creative uh, technique like this is, is, you know, being used for a catalyst for, con- for, not just for conversation, but for, for well potentially some superficial change, but ultimately, you know, the ripple effect, it seems to me, it's, it's going to be uh pretty substantive and, and, and deep change. I mean, the, anytime when you talk about, about deep intimate conversation, and it seems to me that this was this, that's what this is sort of rooted in. I, I don't, I don't see how you can't not, you know, touch, um, you know, some pretty important, Um, experiences and history and points. I mean, we're all pretty complex, nuanced, interesting, paradoxical people, really, aren't we?
2: We absolutely are. And I think that's what makes it so fascinating. And that's why I don't think we should all try to be the same and we should all be exactly, have the same thoughts and feelings and philosophies. We should celebrate who we are as individuals because I, forgive me for saying this, I don't want to be just like you and you don't want to be just like me. And that's
0: what makes it so interesting. It's true. It sounds to me like you've just defined life and the human condition, and I think that's probably a, a lovely place to, to wrap up. I can't believe that we've come to the end of our interview. I mean, I, I often say, and most of my listeners are rolling their eyes right now, but any good conversation seems like it just was went by in an instant. So thank thank you so much for, for your time today. Let's just get real practical. It's com. Uh, people can touch, uh, find out more about you there, but also can touch base with you and 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 ultimately hire you and your team, or is it you personally?
2: Um, either way, it depends on the client, it, uh, the size of the client, the size of the group. I also have a LinkedIn page that has some information, um, and uh, yeah, Facebook obviously.
0: Well, th- thank you so much today. We've been we've been talking with Andrea Hummel uh, for Improv for Peace and uh, talking about relationships and 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 Theater and emotion and EQ and empathy and and, and a whole lot of other things. Andrea, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you,
2: David. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more